furry fluff pieces and here. This is a weekly furry podcast that finally tells it like it is. There's no holding back on this week's episode of Unleashed. And now here's your host, Lifty Husky. folks and welcome to another exciting episode of Unleashed. I'm your host Lifty and I know that I'm running overdue on having a word about Omicron. Well now I have several things to say about Omicron because it has been very disappointing how the furry community has completely lost their shit over Omicron like Pavlovian dogs. Do you remember when you got the news about Omicron? It was Just about right after Thanksgiving, we suddenly heard on the news that a new variant was discovered in South Africa, and it was called the Omicron variant, and it was spreading. And then we heard that President Biden was about to start a travel ban from seven different South African countries, but he wasn't going to start it immediately. He was going to wait until Monday to initiate it, and I'm like, what the fuck? Seriously, what the fuck? By the time he initiates it, it's already going to be here. So what the what is the point of this? What is the point of this nonsense? And then, of course, the furry community, like Pavlovian dogs, started the freakout on Omicron. Yep, yep. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm, folks. There's a new variant of, of COVID. It's going to kill us all. Everybody needs to start masking, wearing two masks, three masks, four masks, getting all their shots, two, three, four, five, six, because Omicron is here and it's about to kill us all. So I want to start off, first of all, by bringing in this interview between uh, Newsroom Africa anchor Ayanda Nayathi and the South African Medical Association chairperson, Dr. Angelique Kotsi, uh, she actually identified the Omicron variant. And this is dated November 28th. Have a listen to this. You say the symptoms appear to be similar to that of the beta variant. Are you able to tell us a bit more about their severity, at least from your vantage point? Okay, so... I have also consulted with other general practitioners in the Pretoria Midrand region, and we all more or less see the same. It's very, very mild symptoms. Uh, as I've said, that body aches and pains, um, extreme tiredness with a bit of a scratchy throat, no loss of smell or taste, no oxygen um, levels dropping at this stage. We are seeing extremely mild cases, easily treated at home. I'm not aware of any of the GPs that I've spoke to with this, uh, the, this last uh, past 24 hours who had admitted one patient, not even me. We haven't admitted them. And if you look at the stats, in Gauteng, there's only 2,629 out of 10,000 cases that's been reported. Yes, the whole picture might change going forward. But for now, um, I think it's important to, to know that there's a, a new variant. Um, you need to know, alert the public to what the symptoms are. But it's not to impose travel restrictions on South Africa, as if, uh, you know, again, we are the bad people in the, in the world. If, if the rest of the world want no new variants, um, 
to be developed or evolving. They have to start with a project where they vaccinate Africa because that's where it's going to start. And we have said it before. We have said that new variants will come from Africa, especially HIV patients, unvaccinated. That's not new. And we have said that we are going to see a fourth wave. It's not new. And we are still saying to the people out there in the, in the country of South Africa, please get vaccinated. We will only know in about two or three weeks from now on whether the vaccinated people are being kept out of hospital. For now, we do see infections in the vaccinated people, again, extremely mild. So while she did mention in there that she wants everybody with an earshot to get vaccinated, because of course she would, she's the head of the South African Medical Association. She's not going to be the one that is going to tell people don't get vaccinated and then fall on the sword when everybody's coming after somebody to blame for how many deaths they might happen. She's not going to be the one to fall on that sword. But there's one thing that I want everybody to hone in on in that message, and that is two words, extremely mild. Dr. Kotsi said it multiple times in that interview that Omicron is so far being a very, very mild variant. And that was back in November 28th. That was roughly right after it was discovered in South Africa. So uh, what happened since then? So I have a report here from the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. And this is an update on the Omicron variant of concern data as of 12th of December, 2021. And hat tip to Dr. Marty McCary, great doctor working on COVID here in the United States. He works up in uh, Johns Hopkins. Follow him on Twitter at Marty McCary. This report shows that as of 12 December and since 11 December 2021, 34 additional SARS-CoV-2 Omicron variant of concern cases have been confirmed in the European Union and European Economic Area, contributing to an overall total of 766 confirmed cases so far. And this is just in the EU. Now, uh, scroll down further and you see this. All cases for which there is available information on severity were either asymptomatic or mild. There have been no Omicron-related deaths reported thus far. Folks, you'd think that this would be a sigh of relief for the furry community. They'd look at this and it's like, oh, oh my goodness, yes, finally, the virus has mutated into something less severe. We can finally all breathe a sigh of relief. No, 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 no. They have started the freak out all over again. So I want to just take a moment. Let's all take a pop quiz for a minute. Answer three questions. One, when did the COVID virus become identified in the world? That's right. If you guessed November 2019, you are correct or as correct as we can find, it was roughly in that time period when we discovered a new virus in Wuhan, China. Okay? Everybody remember that. Everybody, we're, we're all in agreement here, right? Okay? All right. Good, good, good. So when did the Delta variant become discovered? And this is going to be a little trickier because there's not a lot of data out there. There's not a lot of uh, news records 
that are saying when this happened. But feel free to answer. Feel free to guess. When did the Delta variant become discovered in the world? And if you said December 2020 in India, I'll give you some credit. I'll give you some credit. That's a good answer because that's what I was able to find when I did some research myself. December 2020, the Delta variant was discovered in India. And so now, when did the Omicron variant become discovered? You know, it, it was right after Thanksgiving. So it was late November 2021. I'm not a genius, and I don't expect you to be either. I don't expect anybody around me to be a genius, but you can certainly see a pattern forming. Can you not? I mean, I'm seeing a pattern from all of this. You know, every year, at roughly the same exact time, we're seeing a new variant of concern on COVID. And then you have, from these variants of concern, you have the CEOs of these vaccine manufacturers stepping up, going straight to the camera and saying, yes, we will create a new vaccine. If you don't believe me, here's Albert Borla going on CNBC's Squawk Box talking about the Omicron variant. Take a listen. Uh, Albert, it's really great to see you in this news, I think, welcomed by a lot of folks. Does this mean that three doses of your vaccine should potentially be enough to restore at least the antibody levels uh, against Omicron and maybe mean we won't need to update the vaccine here? Yes, what we saw in this uh, study that we did, and this is the first of many that will follow, we, when we see real-world data, will determine if the Omicron is well covered by the third dose and for how long. And uh, at a certain point, I think we will need the fourth dose. I have said that multiple times. What? What the fuck? A fourth fucking dose of the vaccine. I... <laughs> And this is this is where um, for anybody who took the third dose before Thanksgiving or before MFF, how do you feel about having to take a fourth dose so soon? Really? Honestly, like it, especially for a mild variant of COVID. And then this is, of course, what furries are pushing. They're pushing for you to get that booster, to get another booster to stand in line when the new booster rolls out. And then they're pushing more and more con chairs to keep out anybody who doesn't have the, the booster, anybody who's not boosted. Get out of these conventions. Don't visit these conventions. We don't want to deal with your unvaccinated ass. Get your booster or else you're unvaccinated. You untermensch. But anyway, I'm going to be back in a little bit. We're going to talk about the reaction of the COVID, the new COVID variant among the furry community and what they're doing and why I'm disagreeing with it. Stick around. I got more Unleashed after this. Unleashed. Greetings, folks. Lifty here, and it's time once again for the season forgiving. Everyone should be together this season, especially those who have served our great country, which is why I want to tell you about Fisher House. Fisher House is a home away from home for veterans and their families while they receive care at a VA or military medical center. They take care of the lodging and transportation expenses while veterans receive the care they need. They're a four-star rated charity from Charity Navigator for the 17th year in a row, and since 1990, 
have helped over 400,000 families. This is the perfect time to donate and ensure a military or veteran family can be together this holiday season. There's plenty of ways to donate as well. You can share your unused airline miles, hotel loyalty points, as well as giving a monetary donation. And all gifts are tax deductible. To donate, visit fisherhouse.org or call 301-294-8560. And thank you. Unleashed. Welcome back to Unleashed. So in the last segment, we talked about Omicron being a mild variant of COVID-19, which I thought was a big relief, but not everybody in the furry community thought the same thing. They thought that it's a wild variant that is going to be more deadly, more dangerous, and other nonsense that they have no data to back up with because, of course, it's a new variant. We're still learning about it and what it's like. Nevertheless, furries have started the freakout yet again. So I want to put on the focus on this freakout to one particular convention near me, and that is New Year's Furry Ball. And you, of course, know about New Year's Furry Ball because you've heard about New Year's Furry Ball from the commercials that we've posted here on this podcast. And we have posted them for a few weeks now, and we've stopped running them. So on December the 1st, shortly after the Omicron variant was discovered, New Year's Furry Ball changed their COVID-19 safety guidelines. And this, is, this was a very subtle change, but I picked up on it. Here's what it says. So now to attend, it used to be that to attend, you either required to show your vaccination card or you could show a negative COVID-19 test taken 72 hours from the day that you pick up your badge. And I thought, okay, this is a compromise. I would prefer that there was no catch to attending, but this is a compromise. And now they changed it. This time, you have to show your vaccine card. And the condition to attend with a negative test is only for those who are allergic to an ingredient in the vaccine. And um, <laughs> for many of you, for many of you, you said that, yes, I, you agree to the COVID-19 safety guidelines back before December the 1st. You don't agree wholeheartedly to this change. And yet they're making you agree to this change. And even worse is that they're using bad data. They're using outdated data to justify their reasoning behind it. And then I caught Prince Mai, who is uh, on staff for New Year's Furryball, saying this in in their group. The PCR test is only for people who are not vaccinated due to being allergic to the vaccine. If you're vaccinated, you do not need to do the PCR test. And I'm... (laughs) I'm mad at Prince Mai because they put out this saying that vaccinated people don't need to take the PCR test. Of course, vaccinated people don't need to take the PCR test because they can show their vaccine card. But that doesn't tell you anything about whether they're a carrier of the virus. We've learned on this podcast that the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, has said that the vaccine no longer prevents infection, no longer prevents transmission. She made that very, very clear. And yet here we are in December 2021 
thinking that, oh, well, vaccinated people, they're completely protected from the virus. They don't need to show a PCR test to show that they don't have the virus. This is absolute bullshit. This is absolute bullshit. They will fucking lie to you straight up to your face. And this is why I've lost a lot of respect to furry conchers. That's why I've said that they are below dogs on the spectrum of intelligence. Below dogs, but right above communists. That's where furry conchers are in the totem pole of intelligence. Because they've put out this bullshit like this. And they sit back and they're smug thinking, oh yeah, I've made the right decision. Bull fucking shit. You lie to people. You absolutely lie to people about not having to take this COVID-19 test. And then you're lying to them about whether or not they had the vaccine or they had the virus. Of course, people who are vaccinated can still have the virus. Actually, most of the cases that we're seeing of the Omicron variant are from the vaccinated. So what is it? What does this actually do to reduce the spread? I'll tell you, folks. I'm starting to hear about reports from MFF, from people who went, that there have been people who are testing positive for COVID after returning from MFF. And I'm like, no fucking shit. You go to MFF, you supposedly assess the risk that the risk was low uh, for you to get any severe illness going to MFF. And then you'd leave and then you'd be fine. That's what you thought. But the reality of it is, if you were thinking that you would walk in and not get COVID and then walk out, that's not going to be true for everyone. There's going to be people getting COVID and nobody's calling out MFF as a super spreader event, which it absolutely is. 8,900 people were there. And you, don't, and you don't mean to tell me that there's at least one person who had COVID there or more than one person that had COVID care. I, I know of at least two people that are coming back saying they had COVID. So what is this supposed to achieve, this policy? And why do people just suddenly bend over backwards for it and think, oh yeah, this is a great idea. This does absolutely nothing to curb infection. Nothing. It doesn't do anything to make an event more safe. It does nothing. There are plenty of people who are naturally immune to this disease who will gladly take that risk and say, yes, I can go. Get out of the way. Or there are plenty of people who are unvaccinated, who have never been exposed to the virus, who will also take that risk and say, get out of the way. That's their risk. Just like it was everybody's risk to go to MFF. And then for those who came back to uh, a positive test of coronavirus, womp, 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 you took the risk. You took the risk and you said, okay, I'll be fine. And thank goodness you are. Again, nobody's calling out MFF as a super spreader event. Everybody's calling out Megaplex as a super spreader event. And yet you had more people at MFF more chances for people to get COVID from MFF. You had more people coming from different countries of the world coming to MFF. More people actually touching down in Chicago O'Hare, one of the largest airports in the country, one of the largest international airports in the country. And that could also be a vector for COVID coming to MFF. And nobody wants to call MFF a super spreader event. Nobody. 
I'm calling MFF a super spreader event just because it is, period. And I don't care what they say. It was a super spreader event. Deal with it. You took the risk to go to a super spreader event. Deal with it. And now I have friends that are looking at the data on Omicron and saying, well, since Omicron's a mild variant, we can probably ease up on our restrictions now and we can say that in the future there won't be very many uh, conventions that will have a vaccine requirement. And I'm like, I'm hoping you're right. But at the same time, if you believe that, that these conventions have put in place with a condition of removal, I don't know what to tell you anymore. That is shallow. That is an absolute shallow thought. And I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you if you're thinking this, thinking that, well, they'll eventually go away. They might, but they're not going anytime soon. The unvaccinated are not going to go away with COVID. And COVID is not going to go away either. It is planning to be endemic. And if going endemic is the goal, then we want variants like Omicron to take over. Variants that are mild and produce very mild symptoms that we can just pretty much sit at home and wait out. And then in two weeks, we're fine and we go back to our busy lives and we're all naturally immune from COVID. And suddenly it's just a nasty cold. That's exactly what we want. That's all we can wish for at the moment. We cannot wish for zero COVID. That cannot happen. This disease is spreading too far, too fast for zero COVID to ever happen. But for anybody, any of these con chairs that put these COVID vaccine policies in place, I'm telling you, they are profiling who they believe is unvaccinated and who has chosen not to take the vaccine. And they are more than happy to have these people not attend these events anymore. So there's no incentive for these con chairs to remove the vaccine requirement from their event. They can stay for as long as they want. And of course, people will come back year after year and oblige. They will obey. They will conform to these requirements. They will get a booster whenever they are asked to. And so when the definition of fully vaccinated changes again, they can, of course, change it according to the will of the high priest Fauci. And they can expect furries to follow. They can expect the vaccination policy to not affect who is attending in in any way. This is not the furry community that I thought was cool. This is not the furry community that I want to be a part of. This is not the furry community that I think or is admirable. This is totalitarianism. This is authoritarianism. And for a group of people that have been so against totalitarianism and authoritarianism and and political extremism, they're certainly pushing it when it comes to these vaccine mandates. And again, what purpose do they serve? If they're not preventing people from getting sick with COVID, what purpose are they serving? Stick around, I got more to say after this. Unleashed.
With news of the new Omicron variant, you might be feeling a bit anxious and fearful about COVID-19. You might be rushing to book your booster shot appointment, but before you do, you need to know that you have treatment options for COVID-19, and one of the best ones available right now is monoclonal antibody therapy. Monoclonal antibodies are a remarkable new type of therapy that can specifically target the COVID-19 virus. It can greatly help reduce your symptoms and avoid hospitalization and death. If you've been exposed to COVID-19 and you present mild to moderate symptoms of COVID-19, monoclonal antibody therapy can be administered to you in a single outpatient visit and can resolve your symptoms in as little as 36 hours. Best of all, you may qualify for monoclonal antibody therapy at no charge to you. Monoclonal antibody therapy is authorized by an emergency use authorization and is not cured for COVID-19. Monoclonal antibody therapy is not authorized for those under the age of 12, those weighing less than 88 pounds, or those with severe COVID-19 and require oxygen. To see if you qualify for monoclonal antibody treatment, call the Combat COVID Monoclonal Antibodies Call Center at 1-877-332-6585. That's 1-877-332-6585. Unleashed. Welcome back to Unleashed. So I just want to wrap things up and just say that I hope you are understanding that despite all of these vaccine mandates, mass mandates, and this alertness on new variants of COVID, this is never going to end. COVID is never going to go away. And all of these mass mandates and vaccine mandates, what have they achieved? So I wanted to answer this question using a very morbid statistic, and that, of course, is the U.S. COVID death statistics. And I want to start off by referencing the number of people who have died from COVID as of January 20th, 2021. And I'm not going to make this into a political argument, I promise. But On that date, we counted 396,837 people who have died from COVID as of that date. And fast forward to today, and right now, as of this date, December 13, 2021, we're counting 819,315. So when you subtract those two numbers together, what do you get? You get 422,000. 478. What? What the fuck? This is unbelievable. This disease has been circulating the world and has been wreaking havoc on our country for the past two years. And in that span of time, we have not once been able to answer the question, what do we do about the people who get sick, who are dying from COVID? What do we do about them? All I hear is wear a mask, take a vaccine, take your booster. That's all I'm hearing from furries, from the government, from media. That's all I'm hearing. And there has to be a better way because for all that that has achieved, we've achieved more people dying from COVID than we have from the last administration handling COVID. And you need to wrap your head around that to just think about the gravity of the situation. All those mass mandates, all those vaccine mandates, they achieved nothing. They achieved absolutely nothing. In fact, more people died 
with those vaccine policies, with those mass policies in place all over this country than they were any time in 2020. Does this actually strike a nerve for anybody? Because I lost two family members from COVID. And like I said, I am not here to debate the efficacy of the vaccine. I'm here to debate the efficacy of vaccine mandates, of mass mandates. We had those in place all over the country. They didn't save my two family members from dying from it. So what the hell did they achieve? I'm hearing people are catching COVID at MFF. Of course! What did you expect? It's a big event with thousands of people. What did you expect? Do you expect that, oh, if everybody's vaccinated, nobody's going to get COVID? What the fuck? How stupid are you to believe that? And for anybody to believe that this is for your health and safety, what is going on in your head to think that? And if you truly believe that these mandates are going to go away just because Omicron is suddenly a weaker variant of COVID, I don't know what to say to you. Because there's no indication, none whatsoever, that these vaccine mandates are ever going to go away. That we're ever going to stop wearing masks. Because the justification for it is that it's for your health and safety. Nobody, and I mean nobody, who is a Branch Covidian like, like I've been seeing from these con chairs, nobody wants to even touch these things and remove them because otherwise you're against health and safety. Nobody wants to be against health and safety. Nobody. That's why the moment to get rid of of these vaccine mandates were to scrap them before they were ever implemented. Now that they're here, they are here to stay for the foreseeable future. They're going to be here until COVID is no longer a thing. And good luck with that. I'll probably be dead by the time COVID is gone. So will you probably. Congratulations. If you're the ones of those simps that were congratulating these conventions, for thinking about health and safety when they put up these vaccine mandates. Congratulations! Here's your prize. A lifetime of health and safety vaccine checks for you to comply with or else you will not attend these conventions. I hope you enjoy it. Folks, I've been sitting in front of this microphone for a good few weeks now and saying the exact same thing. I hate these mandates. They should have never, ever been put in place. They are not something that do anything for health and safety. And I hope that you believe me. I'm glad that my voice is going out there and reaching people all over the world. But I'm only one man. And this is only one microphone. And for all of my listeners in Europe and elsewhere internationally that are just getting frustrated over new lockdowns, new mandates, new restrictions. I, I have no easy answers. The best way is to push back, and not just to push back as one person. You can easily be pushed if you're just acting as one person. You have to be a group, all at once, in unison, pushing in unison. You, can't, they, you cannot stop an immovable object when it's all at once. When you are this massive ball of, of a civic force. They cannot push back from that. 
And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's the only answer I can give. I'm, I, I'm proud of you. If you're pushing back, I'm very proud of you. I'm glad. It makes me happy to know that there are people pushing back. To see other people, to see other furries saying no to these mandates. And saying, no, I'm not going to support your event. No, I'm not going to support your meetup or anything. No, I'm not going to support your line of thinking, your totalitarian way of thought. I'm not going to support totalitarianism in the furry fandom. I'm not going to support totalitarianism and authoritarianism in my society. This is not a world that I want to live in. And I can't be the only person who's saying that. I hope that there are more that want to echo that sentiment. And for all of those who do, I thank you. Because history is going to look fondly upon you. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Unleashed. If you like what you hear, please feel free to like, comment, and follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash liftyunleash, and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. We're getting new ones up every day. We just got our podcast listed on Radio Public, believe it or not. So we're back on Radio Public. If you want to listen on Radio Public, feel free to. We're there now. And if you are following us on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Unleash, you can leave a one-minute voice message. I will listen to it and possibly give a response to it in the next podcast. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week. Good night! to follow us online on Twitter, twitter.com slash liftyunleashed. Subscribe to this podcast and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Unleashed.